feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Well, it feels like we've just emerged from another mega weekend in Scottish football. A quadruple treble for Celtic. A 16-point premiership lead for Rangers. Big top-flight wins for Hamilton and St Mirren and Aberdeen. Then two new managerial appointments. John Hughes to Ross County and Davey Martindale promoted to the hot seat at Livingston as if he wasn't already there. Uh, and suddenly uh, we're out on the brink of a, another burst of action. Yogi's first game back in the football front line is at Celtic Park tomorrow uh, at 6 o'clock that one starts Rangers are in Perth to play St Johnston Aberdeen at Motherwell Hibs play St Mirren Hamilton against Livingston and Dundee United against Kilmarnock that's all just 24 hours away it's quite incredible uh, how quickly that all kicks in and we have a very special guest after the news at 6 seven times a trophy winner as Celtic manager including the Treble in 2001 and two years later of course he took the team to the UEFA Cup final in Seville Martin O'Neill will be with us in the second hour of the show and in the meantime We've got another couple of guys that can uh, talk football as well till the cows come home. Uh, we've got Craig Moore and Stephen Cragen with us on the show. And uh, we'd uh, rather like your company as well. If you want to get involved and give us a call, you can just say what you're thinking. You can ask a question, anything you fancy on 0808 17 17 700. Text go in your message to 87474 on the socials at go football show. Craig, it's a bit busy at the moment, isn't it? It's hectic, but um, who would have it any other way, eh, Rob? I mean, this is a great time of year. Uh, hopefully people get to spend some great time with their families. Um, has been a challenging year, but loads of football uh, and, and a lot to look forward to. What about that achievement for Neil Lennon at yeah. the weekend and Celtic? Craig's 12 trophies on the trot. Have you got a microphone yeah. on there? It's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, and, and you only have to look back two or three weeks ago when results weren't good. There was a lot of negativity. There was protests outside Celtic Park. The quadruple treble seemed so far away. It seemed as if it would never come around and give the players and the manager the opportunity. Many questioned whether Neil Lennon would actually be in charge for the potential of a quadruple treble. So I think a lot of credit has to go to Neil, but he knows himself when you work at a club like Celtic, you don't really get the chance to celebrate these things at times, particularly mid-season. A really busy schedule coming up, more games to win. Of course, the old firm game is on the horizon. Three games before that fixture, then they've got two or three winnable ones after that. So it's a, it's a great achievement, but I think it won't actually be celebrated really until years down the line, Rob. You know, when people look back on the achievement, on the accomplishment and realise how tough it was. What, do you think that there's a, a, a maybe a new psychology now about Celtic post actually getting over the line with that quadruple treble on Sunday? Well, here's Neil Lennon today on that very subject. I don't think there's been any sort of different psychology this season in terms of, you know, the, the banging of the drum of winning the title. That's always been our priority. But maybe 
I think I'm hoping, you know, I could see some of it in their play on Saturday, uh, Sunday in the second half. You know, hopefully that anxiety and that sort of burden is gone now for them in terms of what we had to achieve for Sunday. And we can play a bit more freer and with a bit less pressure and just take it game by game, you know, not looking too far ahead. Obviously, people will talk about the Rangers game on the second, but, you know, with three very important games that we need to one win and try and play well in. It's the big question, isn't it, Craig? What happens next for Celtic? Yeah, and I think, look, I mean, psychologically, uh, Neil Lennon's touched on it a few times uh, in terms of taking a game uh, at a time. Look, they've managed now to, to have three really good results, um, you know, an amazing uh, effort in terms of the quadruple treble. Uh, and hopefully, you know, and what, what Neil Lennon is saying there, that hopefully that does allow his players to, uh, to believe a little bit more. I'm sure that the confidence will come uh, back with, within the group. And it's the kind of run that, that you know, I, I guess in the time that I've been back, you know, Celtic have been talking about trying to, to get on. So, look, a big lift, uh, a huge lift for the football club. And hopefully for them, they'll, they'll look to try and put their best foot forward. But as he said, they're, they're not going to get too carried away and think mm. too far ahead. But next six games, Celtic's next six, four at home, two away. Rangers' next six, two at home, four away. Mm. It's the reverse. Yeah. So if there's ever a chance where they're looking now and thinking, we have to capitalise on our home form, we really have to put a run of results together. And it's not about looking at the sixth game or the Rangers game, it's about the next one. Ross County, win that. Next game, win that. And that's what they have to do. You know, we said a couple of weeks ago that their poor form or their potential title challenge wouldn't be turned around in two or three games. It was going to have to be done over a period of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games. I mean, I think back to when Neil took over, was it the start of 2019 when Brendan Mazzini left? I think Celtic were on a run or went on a run of 20 games unbeaten. Last season before the season was curtailed around about the same time of the year, 13 games unbeaten. And those were the moments that took Celtic to the title. This year they're chasing, but they're going to need something similar. I think 23 league games to go. You have to think that they need to potentially go 23 games unbeaten to catch up with Rangers. It's a big ask. Big. You know, they're conceding goals. They're still an Achilles heel there for them. Yeah. Yeah. But they've given themselves a chance, put it that way. It's a 16-point gap. Yeah. It's three games in hand. Is it going to take a minor miracle or can Neil Lennon's team do it? I mean, I've seen, you know, I mean... I've seen comebacks before, and people have their own opinions. Cardine, um, it's not insurmountable whatsoever. But the way we're playing, you know, we need to be more consistent. Not just like over a run of games, but even in the, you know, individual games, we need to be more consistent. We we're really good first half on Sunday, and then came right off at second half for some reason. So we need to put the two halves together a lot more. That was the BBC's Cardine Insan getting an in-check in the middle of that answer from from uh, from Neil Lennon uh, today. Do, when you listen to his what he's saying here and the tone of voice, Craig, does he believe in his heart of hearts that, that this is doable? I very much believe that, that Neil Lennon does believe that. Um, and I'm certainly, absolutely certain that he's going in there every day and trying to portray that to, to the playing group because... That is very, very important. And, you know, Celtic have been on these kind of runs, Craig, as you, as you mentioned there before. So it's something that is in their DNA. They, they've, they've achieved that kind of form and run before. 
The concern, I guess, for for Neil Lennon and and Celtic would still be, and we've touched on it, the the goals that they're they're conceding. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from the game against Kilmarnock, where Kilmarnock could have played for for weeks, they still wouldn't have scored. They never looked like scoring, mm-hmm. but still conceding goals, which means your 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 firepower needs to needs to be really on form, and and to be scoring two, three, four goals mm-hmm. every game. That that. That is another challenge or, or a bigger ask. Um, rather than just winning football matches, you've got to score three or four ga- uh, goals in a game to win that match. So he'll still be looking to to tighten up defensively and have a better base so that Celtic can go on and not only win games, but those clean sheets that we, we, we've touched on before are so important in terms of that confidence. One in ten. One clean sheet in ten. That's what they're at. And I know they can't keep looking back. They have to potentially look forward. But it keeps... Rearing its head, doesn't yeah, it? You know, it does. the weekend we think 2 0, comfortable in the game, suddenly goes 2 1, and the whole dynamic changes. Neil's right, you can see a little bit of nervousness, the team are a little bit anxious, then it goes 2 2. So you've got to give them credit for fighting back and, and wrestling the game back into their favour. But still, you know, when they're in front by two goals, Celtic really shouldn't domestically be losing the game or even be close in the game. Yeah, and you'll know this, Craig's as well, being a defender, how important a goalkeeper can be in terms of giving. That defence, that confidence, mm-hmm. knowing that that you can, um, you know, you can shut teams out, and yeah, you might make the odd mistake or something, but you've got a goalkeeper that can uh, pull you out of the, the the trouble, so to speak. So, it'd be interesting to to hear uh, whether or not the the Celtic fans uh, with Hazard at the moment whether they yeah. feel that 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 is a goalkeeper that can do that for it's Celtic. A good, it's a good question, Craig. You yeah, know, that, yeah. That, that for me is is, is going to be key. In terms of what um, you know, what Celtic can do for for the remainder of the season, because who is that goalkeeper going to be, and how much confidence does he then give the defenders uh, to to then build into games for Celtic to go on and win the football matches? So, what do you think? Oh wait, oh wait, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. How much faith do you put in Colin ha- uh, Connor Hazard? He was a he was a shootout hero for Celtic, but there were were moments of. Uh, uh, vulnerability uh, during the two hours of action. Not much doubt about that. The reason, of course, uh, the gap is 16 points at the top of the Premiership is that Rangers came back from a goal down against Motherwell at Ibrox on Saturday to win by three goals to one in the end. Here's assistant manager Gary McAllister. Going a goal behind and then obviously being, you know, asked the question to break down two lines of five. I thought there was good maturity. I thought there was variation in our play, but I just thought the accumulation of pressure put on Motherwell and just that continually prompting and probing and being patient, I thought we got were just rewards at the end of the game and, and we were worthy winners, I felt. A lot of Celtic fans would have been getting very excited uh, <laughs> listening in to, to that uh, commentary on Saturday as uh, Motherwell led until 17 minutes from time. Craig's your old team. Listen, that's what Rangers are going to come up against. And I know some Rangers fans have been frustrated how Motherwell set up and they said it wasn't great to watch. But you have to remember that, you know, we've spoken about it often enough. If the the kind of smaller clubs go toe-to-toe with the big two, they get beat heavily. So you have to try and come up with a system. You've got to try and come up with a way. It's not the way Stephen Robinson would want to play, but sometimes, you know, Gary McAllister touched on it, the pressure that Rangers put on you. Stephen was trying to go 3-5-2, but your two centre-forwards end up just defending in wide areas because you can't get the ball, you can't make passes. Rangers are on top of you all the time. And you have to remember the likes of Motherwell and and, and St Mernon and teams like that, whoever it may be, 
aren't there to entertain Rangers or entertain the Rangers fans. They're there to try and get points for their team. In the end, the pressure took over. Mother will give away a poor goal to make it 1-1. I think Bevis McGabby got caught in between heading the ball and, and, and trying to clear it. And suddenly that's a little break. But, you know, they touched on it, the patience of Rangers. They, yeah. They've got players now. They've got substitutes. Yanis Hadji and Arebo come on. Iten come on. That's yeah. the kind of quality you're bringing on. Whereas last year, they didn't really have it. Steven Gerrard, especially in the second half of last season when things were struggling, he had his 11 and you looked at a subs bench and he didn't make subs very often he so didn't we, so you, 11 very so often so from your Motherwell point of view your, your ex-Motherwell point of view were you happy with the 5-5? Five five? well sometimes you're not happy with it but you're forced yeah. just because of the pressure they have and the, you know, the lack of confidence Motherwell have they're not able to make passes they're clearing the ball up the pitch but their centre forwards are working so hard defensively that they can't get up the pitch so you end up just being locked in you know, it's not how you want to play it's not how you want football to be but sometimes it's just that's what transpires you know, the better teams you play against, they force you back and you just can't get out. Because when you when you try to go toe-to-toe, toe, toe, well, you look at Hamilton when they try to yeah. go toe-to-toe with toe, Rangers at Ibrox and it ends up 8-0. Yeah. So it's trying to it's trying to find that that balance. Not always the weight of possession uh, gets you back into the game. Um, I think Mother will be a little bit disappointed in terms of losing that first yeah, goal. It was, a scrap, it was a scrappy one. Look, none of, none of Rangers' goals were fantastic, but... It's a, it was a big, big result because it was a real test of character, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Gary McAllister there is saying it was a mature performance. They stuck to the game plan. Mm. They continued to probe away. And, and most importantly, the substitutes that, that, that come on, that you need to come on to make an impact in this football match, done exactly that. Mm. So it was a very, very big But that uh, could have been result. a game that last season they would have dropped points oh, in. Oh, they would have. They would have. A game they could have dropped points in. Yeah. Plus the eyes were on them after the St Mirren result. Yep. You know, everybody's been waiting for Rangers to lose a game just to see how they'd react. If they'd lost two in a row or yeah. lost one and drew one, then all the conspiracy theories were yep. coming out. All well, the negativity was coming. So they've managed to get rid of that in a game and they then move on to St Johnston. The margins are fine, aren't they? Because because as Craig's is saying there, you know, had it been two defeats on the bounce or just dropped points at all off the back of what happened yeah, at St yeah. suddenly uh, you, you, the seeds of uncertainty are sown. Whereas what's happened is the opposite because Rangers have, have been in a diff, in really difficult territory and they've ended up winning, winning with a bit to spare in the end. In, in, the, in the end, that's exactly what they, they did do and uh, it immediately stops any speculation, the media stories about, you know, are, do Rangers have the bottle for, the, for potentially winning the league? It wasn't pretty, but what they were able to do was bounce back and bounce back straight away, which for me is very, very important in terms of uh, their title aspirations this season. So Borna Barisic has been talking today and he's been talking uh, about opposition style of play and referring, of course, to that ultra-defensive formation put out at Motherwell at Ibrox, which for a fair stretch of that game was working well. Every our game is that uh, the other team is happy with draw, actually. They just sit back and that's not easy really to play against teams like that. But I respect them and I understand that, you know, and that's challenge for us. We are, as I said, Rangers and we need to find a way how to be that block. But as you can see this weekend, it's not easy really when they stay with 10 players around 18 yard box and just defend. It's, it's really not easy to beat. But as I said, we stick to the plan. I think that we did everything very well and scored three goals. So this challenge will be almost every game. So we need to find a way. 
So no point in complaining about teams setting up in that way. You just have to find a way you around do. it and find a way through it. And they did. Listen, no one is going to hand you three points on a Saturday. No one is going to hand you a title and say, well, listen, you haven't won a title for nine years. Tell you what we'll do. We'll just play 4-3-3. We'll open up. We'll allow you to come and beat us 5-0 and you'll be happy and go home. That's not how football works. There's no doubt about it. And you have to take into context probably one Rangers player's wage, the highest played Rangers player, will cover the full budget of Motherwell. Yeah. And that's what you have to take. And and I heard uh, Borna Barasic said during the interview I listened to it, he said with 20 odd players. So you consider the quality they have, the finances, the gulf is huge. So how do you close that gap? You have to do something different. You've got to try and upset Rangers. You've got to try and take them out of the rhythm. You've got to try and stop their flow. You've got to frustrate them. You've got to be horrible, ugly, defensive to play. That's what you have to do sometimes to try and get a result for your team. And as he said himself, I'm sure there's plenty more of that to come from the other teams. <laughs> And it's a busy spell, isn't it? The the festive spell is a busy spell. Back to Gary McAllister. Christmas and New Year is always key in any league you play in, especially here in the UK, where there's loads of games and the scheduling is, is really tough. And if you can come through it, you know, it goes a long way to where you're going to finish at the end of the season. So it is, I totally agree. It's, it's a massive week, 10 days of, of high-intensity games, tough games. And then just the fact that they keep coming every two or three days makes it even more difficult. But it is, it's going to be key. If we come through here nice and clean, we'll be happy. It's another potentially tough one, isn't it? Tomorrow night, six o'clock in Perth for Rangers uh, against St Johnston. Yep. And again, the Celtic fans who are listening to this at the moment will be hoping for a slip-up. Yeah, no, look, very much so. It, look, every game, uh, and especially uh, away for home, is is going to produce its own challenges. You know, as we've just touched on there, teams are, are set out to, to get, you know, valuable points throughout the season. Um Rangers will have a have a job to do. Um, St Johnson will make life very very difficult. Make sure that they're they're competitive all over the field. And and you need to get against the bigger teams. You need to get those breaks as well, Rob. You know, so it's important that they can try and St Johnson try and cement their, their a good positive start. But Rangers will be there to try and probe and create and trying to get those opportunities for them to get an early goal to go on and win the game. But every game is going to produce a different challenge and the players know that. And of course, they've got Morelos back. He's available and he comes back into the into the squad. Apart from that, everybody else is, we're good. We're, we're picking from a full squad nearly. <laughs> That's what Celtic don't want to hear is, is yeah. that Rangers have got very few problems. And probably what they don't want to hear as well is that Morelos is back because I don't think there's much doubt that they perform so much better as a team when he is pivotal to, to all they do in attack, Craig. Well, look, the Morelos, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, the the suspension, uh, you know, I think he let, let himself down. Um, Rangers suffered going out of the cup. But also when, when, when Itten um, played up top, he played. He plays a little bit higher, um, and 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 in behind central defenders. Where I think what we've seen with Morelos this year, and people have probably criticised it a little bit in terms of him dropping deeper and, and dropping into to these little areas of space, which is not something that he maybe previously done. But what people I think forget um, is that that actually makes space for Arfield, and I think that's when Arfield is very very dangerous in terms of those third man runs mm-hmm. that you can't pick up. Morelos has been occupying and maybe dragging central defenders out of the way. I actually felt that um, in the cup game, with Itton so high and and um, and Arfield obviously played a lot deeper, that that threat was was no longer there. So Morelos plays a very very important role. Mm. Stephen Gerrard's touched on it quite a few times, even when he's not scoring goals, how important he is to the team in the way mm. that they want to play. Well, we said last week though that he wants to score goals. Of course, he, you know he's the opposite. But he's a different player the eight ten because he's so good with his back to goal. And when you come up against that condensed, you know, compact back four, he can wrestle 
some space for himself he can win a free kick in the edge of the box whereas Iten is probably more honest that he allows centre halves to nick the ball in front of him particularly the St Mirren game last yeah. week you know nicking the ball and pushing him out of the way Morelos you don't do that yeah. so Rangers know it gives him a different dynamic to throw the ball into the into that area because he can wrestle he can fight he can win free kicks he will give some away yeah. but he'll win more than he gives away and that then gives a chance of Tavernier and Barisic from free kicks in yeah. that area because when you come up against that compact you know that compact defence it's about getting that first goal it's about breaking the resistance last two games conceded first at St Mirren conceded first against Motherwell they'll not want that to continue tomorrow night against St Johnson we're flying on the football show already so what do you think Celtic having won the quadruple treble can they catch Rangers in the title race or are Stephen Gerrard and company already home and hosed 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, off and running again on the Go Radio Football Show. 25 minutes in with Rob McLean, Craig Moore, and Stephen Craigan in the studio tonight. And uh, you're very welcome to join us. 0808 17 17 700. Text Go on your message to 874 74 on the socials at Go Football Show. And uh, just when you thought uh, we're only off the back of uh, a weekend of football action, comes uh, another round of games tomorrow night in the Premiership at 6 o'clock at Celtic against Ross County John Hughes first game in charge as the Dingwall team's replacement manager replacing the sacked Stuart Kettlewell it's Hamilton against Livingston Aki's on the back of that win in Dingwall at the weekend massive uh, for them against Livingston of course who are under new management as well although that phrase maybe has inverted commas around it because Davy Martindale has been uh, key to what they've been doing for a long long time but congratulations to him for having that post made permanent uh, a blow for Hibs at the weekend when they dropped points uh, against Dundee United what a performance from the United keeper Ben Seagreast Hibs against St Mirren who are certainly flying at the moment that's at Easter Road at 6 and of course the game we've been talking about in Perth St Johnston against Rangers is also a 6 o'clock kickoff uh, and then it's 6.15 for Motherwell against Aberdeen the Dons moved into third place again um, trying to think what day it was Sunday uh, when they beat Kilmarnock they've got such a good record against the rugby park team and they won again and they're into third place in the Premiership and on a night of staggered kickoffs it is uh, 6.30 uh, for Dundee United against Kilmarnock and uh, that game is at Tanadice at half past six. 0808 17 700. Join the football conversation if you fancy. And uh, Paul John Dykes is doing just that right now. Uh, he, of course, uh, been on the show before behind a Celtic State of Mind podcast. Hi, Paul. Hi, Rob. How are you? Very well. How's yourself? I'm going to make a better crack at getting your name right this time. Uh, I used <laughs> about seven different versions last time, but we're going with Paul, and I think you're happy with that, aren't you? Ah, I'm happy with that. You can you can call me just about anything. <laughs> Within reason. Um, what what are you thinking uh, about Sunday? How much how much did you love at least the end of that game? It was everything that we've seen from Celtic this season, isn't it? We've seen all the best side of them in the first half. Second half, I was starting to think this is not going to happen. This is not going to be our day. Um, and then the drama at the end. But it was an emotional ringer. That's how I felt as a Celtic supporter watching that. I mean, I can only imagine what the likes of Scott Brown and Griffiths and Lenny were feeling, but um, 
it was a tough one at times, but uh, the elation at the end was worth it. I mean, probably what added to the emotion for you about the weekend, of course, was that you were doing some some charity fundraising, an incredible performance from you uh, and everyone who got involved with the, with the charity fundraising. Tell me, tell me about how much you raised and and where where the money goes to. Yes, we we eventually raised uh, just under twenty seven thousand pounds, Rob. It was a twenty four hour podcast, and we split it up over two days, so we'd done two twelve hour shifts. And it was to raise money for Rock Chalk, who are a mental health charity based out of Games McGlory Park in the Gangad in Glasgow. Uh, food Facts Friends, which is a food bank in Pennycook. Help for the homeless as well. And finally, Children First, who help with vulnerable kids. So they're all going to get a nice wee um, sweetener for Christmas time, which is tremendous. That's a great effort. Really, really good news. Um, so off the back then of the of the Scottish Cup final, we've heard, we've had Neil Lennon already talking right at the top of the show about maybe a different psychology now from Celtic on the back of landing that quadruple treble. And it's a massive sigh of relief in, in the way the game went. And also that it's just been dragging on for a while, the opportunity to actually finish that off. And, and it's all ended successfully. And, and it's just a mammoth achievement it really is and, and I think we all probably agree it'll never happen again so off the back of that Paul um, how are Celtic placed in terms of catching Rangers? Um, I, I was looking at that today uh, as well Rob and it, you know we're 16 points behind it's a huge it's a huge gap I'm not writing it off yet because I think yesterday sorry Sunday showed that there's always that wee fairy tale element that you believe in as a Celtic supporter but it would, you know, need to coincide with a, a huge loss of form by Rangers, who have been excellent this season, and it would also um, result in Celtic getting a consistency. We've seen on Sunday that, that even within a game, you see two sides of Celtic. Uh, can Celtic go on a run and win every game? I doubt that greatly. Uh, can Rangers? Well, I guess Rangers will drop a point here and there. But uh, still all to do, and uh, winning the games against Rangers are obviously paramount. But, you know, that's three games we've now got um, to play extra. And it's not as simple as saying, but we've got games in hand because they're difficult games to win as well. So, you know, we are hopeful, but we still need to, to improve on so many different aspects of our game. Let's include Neil Lennon in the conversation. Is the pressure off then, having having got the Scottish Cup, having got the quadruple treble on Sunday, or is the pressure ever off? Not really, no, but I think you're under pressure and under scrutiny um, all the time. You know, there's been no respite this season whatsoever. I don't think, you know, our, our form has been as good as it can be. We've lost one game in the league. We've drawn too many so far. That needs to be... You know, rectified. We need to start winning some games. Disappointing European campaign, but you know we've won a another treble, so we can park that now. You know that won't be in the back of the players' minds anymore, and now we can hopefully fully focus as a group on you know what lies ahead of us now for a change. I love that we just throw that in another treble. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you consider, you know, some great sides, old firm sides, struggle to win one, but the win four. You know, I've, I'd said it earlier in the program, and I said it on Sunday after the game that. That achievement, that accomplishment won't really be understood until years down the line when generations look back and think, what, they won 12 trophies in a row? You know, considering how close it's normally been between the old firm or someone normally slips up in a cup competition. League normally, you know, the consistency set like have, have been far too good. But in, in one-off cup games, there's always a wee chance of someone slipping up. So, you know, the consistency has been absolutely incredible. But Neil's spot on there, it's now about parking that. 
you know, at a club like Celtic, when you're points behind your rivals, there's no time to celebrate. There's no time to, you know, talk about the great run, the great trophy. It's all about the next game. And, you know, it's about churning out results and getting the run of results. You know, Paul touched on it as well, about trying to close that gap. It won't be done the next three or four weeks, but it will be done over a period of time. And they've got to show incredible consistency, which they haven't showed this season. And it's three wins on the bounce, Craig, which is significant as well, considering where Celtic have been recently. Yeah, no, look, I mean, that's something that, that Neil Lennon has, has, you know, been speaking a lot about in recent times. To We need to, try, you know, take it game at a time, but to to try and get on a run. So you're right, three games on the bounce So and, and a fantastic occasion at the weekend. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an enormous achievement for Celtic Football Club and Neil Lennon. 12 trophies. We've seen even, uh, you know, with, with, with Rangers and Celtic going out in the Cup th- this year, they're, they're not easy to win. So very, very impressive and huge kudos to, to Celtic and Neil Lennon for that. My, my concern, like I said, I keep coming back to my concern, is, is there's also, uh, you know, a few uh, media kind of things in the paper today about uh, AR being linked to, to potentially a move, LaSholt being, you know, potentially wanting to go down and play south, down south, sorry. Um, defensively, are they going to be good enough and is that an area um, that, that still is a, is a big concern for you, Paul, uh, in terms of you know trying to win those games that are in hand but also to, to have that base for Celtic to really go on and challenge uh, this season? I think the defensive areas are the biggest issue and the biggest concern because we, we think for a moment that we might have a partnership with uh, Duffy and Julien. They played pretty well for a couple of games but then the same vulnerabilities were on show again on Sunday. Uh, you know, there's the goalkeeper issue. Hazard was the hero of the hour in the penalty shootout. Um, but I think Celtic will probably go back into the market in January for another goalkeeper. So that's the biggest thing. And I think it's when we're, when we're attacking, Craig, it's that transition from attack to defence. Clubs seem to find it really easy to cut through the Celtic defence. And it's been the same story all season. Paul, sorry, it, it... But it is funny though, not funny, but Christopher Iyer is six foot four, Julian six foot five, Shane Duffy six foot four, Connor Hazard six foot five. All three goals came from all three yeah. goals came from cross balls. So it's not as if Celtic were getting cut open and getting sliced open and on the back foot. It was balls into the box, and that's been the Achilles heel for a lot of the season, whether it's open play or set plays, hasn't it? It has, and when you're looking at the, the stature, as you say, the three guys at the back, uh, as well as the, the, the goalkeeper, who I think up until the final was looking great and mm-hmm. um, he redeemed himself. You know, Shane Duffy, Republic Ireland International, can you deal with a cross? You would hope so. We paid £7 million for Julien. And then Ayer, who's been linked to AC Milan, they should be able to deal with these things and we've not been dealing with them. Um, do we miss big Fraser Foster? I think we do. Um, and a lot of Celtic fans would love to see him back, to be honest with you. And if you're looking for a, a settled back four from Celtic at the moment, well, don't wait up. No, not really, no. It's just impossible to keep churning out the same players Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, you know, with these games coming up. Um, we have to keep players fresh and it's just a, a huge volume of games this month. At a time when Celtic are looking, Crags, for, for continuity, stability. Yeah, it's tough, but, you know, Everybody knew this season was going to be so condensed and, you know, with, with last season's Scottish Cup also coming under the banner of this season, if you were successful with Celtic Gar, then there's going to be a chance that because of player overload, because of the amount of minutes players are playing, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be setbacks. Celtic are probably a club who have enough strength and depth to go and, and, and combat that. Some of the smaller clubs don't seem to have it. So, listen, it is just about getting 
uh, players on the pitch it's about winning games Ross County is a game they think they can win there's no doubt about it of course there was a huge upset a couple of weeks ago but Celtic are in a different place since then and Ross County are in a different place since then so it's it, it's really about picking the team to win this game I think Neil said that Scott Brown and, and Shane Duffy would be okay potentially for Boxing Day so it's not that bad after all um, and it's just about keeping people fit keeping them fresh because they really have a big two or three months ahead this will determine what direction Celtic go in continually or whether Neil Lennon stays as manager of course there's going to be a review at the turn of the year so it's all now just a case of churning out results performances sometimes become irrelevant it's just about winning 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 Will Celtic sign a new goalkeeper in January Paul what do you think? I think they'll definitely be in the market for that uh, when you think about the fact that we broke our own club record for a goalie and bringing Barkas in um, you would hope that with the uh, Stevie Woods highly highly rated coach working alongside Barkas he might improve you would hope that he could improve but we're now playing the chap who was our third choice at the beginning of December and yeah. he's playing in cup finals so yeah I do think we'll go into the market it might be lazy on my part to say go back in for Forster I'm sure there's a few other targets in there as well. That would reduce the the number of crunchers to tears, wouldn't it, though, Craig? The fact that they they lashed out four or five million on Barkas, and and right at this moment, you would say Celtic need to go in again. They they need you know can they rely on Connor Hazard for the, for the rest of the season with his inexperience, or do they need somebody of the order of a Fraser Forster or an Alan McGregor behind that defence? Oh, look, every every now and then, sometimes you have these the, these kind of cup finals, and they they're, they're the making of a of a player. Um, but look, as I in terms of you know during the game, he he lacked that 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 I guess the the, the confidence that you know Celtic supporters probably would want to see. Yes, he he, he finishes off a, a hero in the game because he saves penalties. What I actually liked about him is he, he wasn't carrying on when he saved those penalties, so he seems quite a a well grounded lad. And Craig, you you'll know him better. Um, but when you spend the, the five odd million on a goalkeeper, you're not expecting that come next transfer no. window that no. you've got to be looking to, to bring somebody else to kind of settle the, the, the team and, and for the club to have confidence to really go and, and push on. So, look, it's a concern, uh, but at the moment, there seems to be a concern that they possibly will feel come January transfer window. Another question, Paul, would be what Celtic do from here on with Scott Brown. I mean, they made the decision on Sunday. To, to leave out Soro and, and Scott Brown was back in his usual place. Is he going to be a, a regular part of the team in the second half of the season? I think um, that was one of the big discussion points going into the final. And let's you know look at the, the result and the part played by Brown. I think Neil Lennon got it right. And for games like that, when he's up against the seasoned pros like Naismith and Halliday, you need someone who knows the game inside out. He's got a bit of craft uh, and Scott Brown had that. But I think uh, for tomorrow night and other games like that, your domestic football, your bread and butter, bring back Sorrow. I, I would love to see Brown back for the game against Rangers, of course. Another similarly intense game. But uh, Sorrow has looked good. I know it's only been a couple of games, but he seems to shore up that midfield to defence area, just in front, the two centre-halves. Uh, but yeah, use Scott Brown sparingly. I'm sure he's a huge influence in the dressing room. But, but don't you think, Paul, for... For Sorrow to make that next step and for to become an established Celtic player, he's going to have to learn to pl- learn to play in the big games and deal with the big occasions and 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 learn that craft that Scott Brown has. But you know he couldn't, he you know he can't learn off a better player ahead of him. So he'll be desperate to show that in the cup final. Of course, he get on for minutes, but the old firm game, he must look at it and think that's a real opportunity for me to go and lay my marker down as a Celtic player. 
think so, yeah, if you want to earn your, your kind of spurs, if you like. We're at that stage at the moment where some of it is almost desperation. And I think, you know, there was maybe some sentiment, but looking back on the Scottish Cup final and I look at the performance of Scott Brown and getting involved with uh, Naismith and Halliday, and I question whether at this stage, from what I've seen, if, if Soro could have handled that in the same way. Um, but yeah, there comes a point, and it may not be a choice that Neil Lennon has um, when it comes to the game. I think Soro could deal with it. I certainly do think he could deal with it. You just look at the last Rangers game um, when we did have uh, you know, Scott Brown in there, uh, Rangers overran us in the midfield again. We certainly need to get the midfield sorted. That's been a, a feature of uh, the last four or five games against Rangers. Before you go, Paul, are Celtic going to do it? Can they catch Rangers? What, what's your reckoning? Well, you know, I, I could sit on the fence. Um, <laughs> Not you. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I've got to have that belief. I really do. And um, it would be very, obviously, hugely disappointing. But I'll tell you what, if, if they don't do it, uh, whoever's done it has put together an incredible run of results. And so far, we've seen that from Rangers. Have a great Christmas and uh, and well done on your fundraising at the weekend. That was a great effort. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, guys. Paul Cheers. John Dykes from the Celtic State of Mind podcast. And uh, you can do, do what he did and join uh, the football chat on the Go Radio football show 0808 17 17 700. The Goal Radio Football Show. Let's go. We will have the legendary former Celtic manager Martin O'Neill with us after the news at six into the second hour of the show. So anything you'd like to say to him or anything you'd like to ask him, uh, let us know in the usual ways. Telephone number 0808 17 17 700. Text go in your message to 874 74 on the socials at Go Football Show. We have been uh, looking back on a quite amazing uh, weekend in uh, Scottish football. Uh, all sorts of interest, both in terms of Celtic having uh, completed that incredible quadruple treble, which isn't easy to say, and Rangers having uh, widened the gap at the top of the Premiership with Celtic uh, doing the business in the Cup competition on Sunday. Rangers were able to take advantage the day before and uh, move themselves 16 points ahead. Celtic, of course, have got... uh Three games in hand, but it's still a healthy margin, isn't it, for Rangers at the top? Gary McAllister, the Rangers assistant manager, has been uh, speaking today. So is uh, left-back Borna Barisic, outstanding uh, for Rangers this season. And uh, he has been talking about the new Rangers mentality, which means that when they go uh, a goal down, it's uh, certainly no panic. Uh, I think that we showed character because usually I remember last season also and season before when we are, for example, one nil down, we always struggle to come back, uh, start to panic maybe and we couldn't come back. But this time we believed in each other on the pitch, didn't panic. At the end, I think that we deserved that win and you see we scored even three goals. I think that we showed the team spirit and a very different character from uh, from last season or season four. Love the way you said panic somewhere between Glasgow and Croatia, that one, I think. It's uh, <laughs> a key word, though, Rob. It's yeah, a key word in terms of this season, Rangers um, definitely not panicking, sticking to a, a game plan. Um, and to do that, you need to be brave. You need, you know, you need to be brave enough to stick to that game plan and 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 not panic. And Rangers have done that. It was a huge test 
it was a huge test against Motherwell and uh, I think the way that they stuck to their task um, was very, very positive and I think that that everyone would have taken a big lift from that. I think the supporters would have taken a big lift from that because we know that last season that wouldn't have been a game that I think that Rangers could have gone on and won. Potentially they lose that game last season. So again, the the, the squad has developed and has matured uh, and that was a performance that um, I think is taking them. Still a lot of work to be done, but taking them in the right direction. Could you imagine a full Ibrox? 17 minutes to go, 16 minutes to go. And yeah, uh, 20 and minutes. And they're losing 1-0 at home against Motherwell. Yeah. And that's where I think Rangers have gained because, you know, if your performance level isn't where it should be and the fans turn and they're a little bit, you know, upset about it because that was always the message when you go to Celtic Park, you go to Ibrox as a, as a team, try and quieten the crowd, try and turn the crowd onto the, you know, the home side. Don't give them a foot up in the game. Don't give them anything to kind of hang on to. Don't give them something to build momentum. Try and take everything away from them. Slow the game down. Frustrate them as much as you can. And then once they turn, then that's when you feel as if, well, we used to feel as if we had a chance of going and getting the result. But you talk about character and you talk about belief. That's something that's built over time. That's not just something you acquire one day. That comes through your experiences, your good experiences, your bad experiences. And that's what Rangers have had over the past what, couple of seasons is those experiences that now they've arrived in the moment and they can think, right, calm, just keep doing what we're doing, keep putting the ball in the right area, make the substitutions, change things about, be dynamic in the game and hope something breaks. And I think, you know, there's no doubt that over the past two and a half seasons they've earned that and that's what's changed that man, you know, changed that mindset. And in saying what you said there, Craig, there's an admission that there was a panic about Rangers previously where sometimes they, they couldn't handle the pressure of being a goal down in games where they were expected to win. And, and we've seen that. We've seen that, Rob. We've seen that in previous seasons. Um, so not not only for me have the have the players improved and matured, but I also think that Steven Gerrard as a, as a manager has also improved. Um, you know, the importance of, of knowing when to make substitutions, what type of substitutions they are, and for those players to come on and make an impact is also very, very important, mm. Craig's. And, and I think that he's, you know, he's nailed that virtually um, every single time this season. Um, so again, I think within the football club, everybody is growing. Um, but... We've still got a long, long way to go and a lot of football to be played. But that comes from having a competitive squad. That's a must. Which is the main difference between Rangers this time last year and Rangers now, that they can look to the bench. You have five or six players on the bench who can come on like for like Mm -hmm. or can change the game because you you can't bet your best every single game. So if Steven Gerrard gives someone 60 minutes and says, well, he's not at his best, get him off, get someone else on. And the player coming on is just as good. They're keen, they're hungry. They they want to impress, they want to impact the game. And goals, I think Gary McAllister said in the interview somewhere, the goals are spread out. I mean, Alfredo Morales has got three league goals. Ryan Kent has got five. Ryan Kent has got one... League uh, one goal in his last 18 games Yeah. so last season they were the two players that Rangers went to this season they're not firing all cylinders they're not getting the goals or the assists is what they would like but everyone else is chipping in and that's what's made Rangers a better team so the five, the five subs rule is great uh, when you've got uh, depth the depth of quality that Rangers have here's Borna Barisic again it's very important of course especially now when you have five subs that you can do we have, uh, I think, now more than 20 players who can play. Uh, everyone train very well. Everyone are ready all the time to come in. As you can see, for example, this last game, they bring uh, a lot of energy when come inside. And that's what uh, we expect from the players who are on the bench to bring energy. And they do this, do that. So I'm very pleased with that. Yeah. 
So they've got 20. They've got pretty much two full teams uh, ready to rock. And that, and that tells you everything about Rangers this season, Craig. Yeah, and look, very. I mean, again, if I can take you back to one of my memories that I do have, Rob, I know last time my memory wasn't too good. <laughs> but uh, look, for me, in terms of when Rangers were successful, was back to, you know, I remember when Dick Advocat coming in and it was like two players competing for every position. Um, and, and really, when you look across... Uh, this squad now of Rangers, apart from Tavernier, you 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 really wouldn't blink in terms of who plays in, in any position. You know, Tavernier is probably the only only player that you'll go. Obviously, from his contribution so far that he's made this season, but you've got uh, Patterson that can maybe come in and fill that position. That is the only area where you'll go. Mm, maybe not. Uh, maybe you know he's a young he's a young player and will grow and he's got a fantastic leader in in Tavernier mm. to learn from. But that's the only area where I think you can look at and say, okay, maybe that's not strong if something happened there. But the problem is. The longer you go and you're that player who's always a sub, you eventually want to move, don't you? You yeah. know, which is great. You know, the manager's saying, I've got two players every position, but if you're that yeah. second player yeah. and you're not getting the minutes that you want and you're not getting the opportunities and you think, well, do you know what? I want to go try something different. And that's when things start to drop let, off. Let, so let's, I, I, let, let's include uh, Craig and Cumberland Old in the conversation uh, between now and the, and the news at six. Hi, Craig. Hi, uh, Rob. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. What, what would you like to say uh, about Rangers? Yeah, listen, I think look, um, I'm obviously happy that we got the result and, and got over the line um, on Saturday because, you know, going down after six minutes, especially when we hadn't conceded a goal at Ibrox domestically all season, was was hugely disappointing. Um, I think especially because the defensive mistakes in the Wednesday, I think, had been attributed to the fact that that wasn't our strongest back forward because of, you know, Bassey and their experience there. But on, on Saturday, there was no excuse because that was our strongest back four. And again, it was a it was a decent ball, but a fairly simple ball to the back post that comes from a, a set piece throwing that we don't deal with properly, which is the frustrating thing. But as I say, we got over um, the line. But uh, you know, it is a concern to me. It's probably the only concern I've had is that the last two games, it seems all teams have to do to cause us real issues um, is cut off Barisic and Tavernier. That's what St Mirren did. That's what Motherwell did. Um, with our two banks of five now eventually we got there but it took us you know 70 odd minutes to find an answer well let, um, let's ask a, let's ask a former Rangers centre back Craig Moore does that concern you? I think the, the, the area that Rangers need to improve uh, and again like, you always got to look to improve um, and, and, and that's probably in the wider areas in terms of knowing when to engage and to be able to block crosses now the, the goal against Motherwell uh, talk about you know Tavernier sort of like maybe falling asleep at the back stick but also Holanda had clocked off as well so potentially there was two players that could have actually scored for, for Motherwell but again Barisic in terms of getting out and, and, and pressing that ball I think he can do more and I can actually I actually think he can block that cross in the first place so in those wider areas you've got to do better in blocking crosses and I think when you do that um then you know teams have to then try and recycle, and you know you shift, and it's all in front of you, and it's a lot easier to defend against Rob. But when you allow those balls to come in, um, you know players don't need a lot of space; they need half a yard. You got to go out and engage, get their head down, and then you can block crosses. So I, I get your concern or two that you that you have, Craig. But do you think that result on Saturday could be pivotal for the season? Had, had Rangers lost it or dropped points, then there might have been some some little shreds of uncertainty. But as it stands, uh, you're back back to winning ways, and you're 16 points in front. Oh, absolutely! Listen, it is a pivotal result because if you drop points there, um, you know, and without Celtic even playing a game, you give them 
a boost. Um, and obviously they won the, the, the Cup yesterday and listen, fair play to them, but I'm not convinced it has an impact on this season. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, they've just had 120 minutes plus a penalty shootout and three days later they're going to play a league game at home to a side that bet them a couple of weeks ago. Now obviously I'm not, they should win that game, I'm not saying they're not going to, but I just wonder if there might be fatigue in Celtic because um, they used you know, near enough their entire squad that they had at hand and with them that day at one point or another as well. So in that respect, it could play in Rangers' hands, but you know, Gerard has got to concentrate and make sure he gets that league and he gets the cup because the, losing the league cup was so poor. When, when this club hasn't won silverware for ten years, you know, and yes, Gerard took responsibility, but it's the same side, but uh, soundbite rather that we've heard over the last couple of years until a trophy comes, nobody will believe that a corner's been turned. Unfortunately, so, um, but I do think that result, you know, is a pivotal moment um, because, as I understand it, until that point. Gerard had never won a league game after having gone out of a cup um, the week before yeah. until uh, until then. So that's at least a change, I suppose. Uh, and obviously, Kemar Roof and Cedric Keaton getting the goals is is great. And to be honest, I would be starting Roof tomorrow. I don't see why Morelos would deserve to start that game um, after the actions. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Which, yeah. which cost them. Craig, good to hear from you as usual on the Go Radio Football Show. And uh, up next, we've got the former Celtic manager, Martin O'Neill. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses, and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Just when you think we're barely finished with the weekend, we are banging into another round of Premiership games. Uh, Barely... 24 hours away. In fact, this time tomorrow night, uh, four of those six Premiership games will be kicking off at Celtic against Ross County with John Hughes in charge of the Dingwall team uh, for the first time. It's Hamilton against Livingston. Great win for Ackies at the weekend. Livingston, of course, under the permanent management of uh, Davy Martindale. Hibs against St Mirren. Hibs dropped points at the weekend. Nothing much going wrong at the moment for the Paisley team. It's St Johnston against Rangers in Perth with uh, Rangers of course carrying that 16 point advantage currently at the top of the Premiership. It's Motherwell against Aberdeen. That's a 6-15 start at uh, Fur Park for Derek McInnes and his team on the back of winning at Kilmarnock at the weekend to move back into third place in the Premiership uh, at Fur Park against Motherwell of course who lost out having led at Ibrox on Saturday and the sixth and final game tomorrow night is at Tanadice. It is Dundee United against Kilmarnock and that one starts at 6.30. Join us on the show if you want to get yourself involved. Uh, the phone number is 0808 17 17 700. Text GO and your message to 874 74. And on the socials, it's at Go Football show. Good to have you with us and it's certainly good to have this man with us. I had the pleasure of uh, working with him on Sunday as part of the BBC's uh, Cup Final lineup at Hamden. It was an amazing game and it was great to have Martin O'Neill alongside. Hi Martin. Hello, good evening Rob. 
Nice to speak to you again. And I was just I was just looking through some of your stats today, Martin, and, and the, the, the time you were in charge at Celtic, those five seasons, three titles, uh, and the three you, and the, and the two you didn't win, you, you barely lost. I think it was a goal and a point. So that was a fantastic level of consistency back then. So so you must look at this quadruple treble achieved by Celtic on Sunday and think, wow. Uh, yeah, it's obviously a terrific achievement. Uh, if you consider that um, uh, uh, 12 trophies have been won uh, by one club up there on the trot. Now, I do accept the fact that Rangers were in the doldrums for a while. In fact, I think uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, I, I may, may not be right about this, Rob, but it was the first treble won when Rangers weren't even in the division. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Right, so if it was. So, and obviously Rangers, uh, Rangers, a strong Rangers, I think is, is, is fundamental to the, uh, to the Scottish League, no doubt at all about it, the SPL. And, uh, and as it was in my time up there, the Rangers were incredibly strong and, uh, and we had to try and get moving to try and, to try and cope with them. Yeah, I think, I think maybe Rangers Crags were. Uh, Stephen Cragen and, uh, and Craig Moore in the studio with me, Rob McLean, on the show. And uh, I think if, if they, w- they weren't out of the top flight, maybe, but they were on their way back to full strength, would that, would that be right? I think it was Brendan Rodgers' side, wasn't it? When, Rangers, when Brendan first took over, who pushed the levels up again. It, it was funny because at that stage, Celtic looked as if they were in the balance of would they really kick on after Ronnie Dyler had left. And when Brendan came in, he took him to a complete new level. They, you know, they just blew sides away. They were far too strong. He took the consistency of the team way up. Martin, just looking at Neil Lennon and watching what he's doing, being a former player of yours, you must look on and have a little smile to yourself and see one of your former players delivering for Celtic. Well, naturally, seem very, very pleased, pleased that he has uh, has done so well, and of course, I kind of look out for him anyway. I signed him twice uh, when uh, when he was a player. I signed him to Leicester City when he was at Crew, and I obviously took him up to Celtic in the year two thousand. And uh, I mean, he was a he was an absolutely terrific player. Very seldom did I make him captain, but he didn't need an armband around him to be uh, to be a very, very strong leader of the team and that, that it did include a lot of big characters as did have Rangers on the, on the other side at that particular time. So, um, yeah, really pleased. He's gone into management and uh, uh, successful in, uh, at Celtic in the early part and now he's come back there to take that amidst obviously a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of criticism, uh, which I myself, and I'm pleased, I do not want to sound an apologist, uh, for Neil Lennon and apologies for anyone if if results are not great then of course you there's a, a, always a, a possibility that you could lose your job uh, such as the game today but uh, I thought that um, as we mentioned on Sunday was their 12th consecutive um, win of which he has been uh, at least uh, a third of the way a third of the part and, and if not a little bit more. It's all, it's all about what happens next now, isn't it? And it's going to be the interesting to, to see the, the psychology of this. It's a big relief for Celtic. It's a massive achievement for Celtic. And the question now, Martin, is can Celtic kick on? Can they get back at Rangers? Are they capable of closing that 16-point advantage with, of course, three games in hand? Well, I, I mean, first of all, it, it is a very, very big lead. It's all very well talking about games in hand. Um, Rangers have have um, overcome those particular obstacles. They've got a lead now at this minute, which they have on the season thoroughly deserved. Uh, absolutely, no question about that. 
Uh, Celtic now can, as you say, park that trophy to the side. That's gone. Um, great, great to win it. Really great Scottish Cup. I think has just got a history all of its own, of course, and I think it's a, a really terrific competition. And um, so, put put it to the side and now and try and get going. It will be a monumental task to 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 overcome Rangers, who have been very very consistent this year. I thought that um, this time last year, like most people, um, uh, Rangers were the better side in the cup final, the league cup final. Celtic won it, and I think that there was a sort of a crumbling with Rangers at that time because they felt, well, this is this is the way we played here today. We should have been able to have taken that trophy. Celtic won it. And then went on. Celtic obviously went on to take the league then. Uh, so, but this is a different. This is, looks as if it's a new mentality about Rangers. It looks as if it's strong. It looks as if they can come back uh, from behind in matches. Obviously, their their run in Europe has been very, very good as well for Celtics. Although Celtic were in an unbelievably difficult group, I have to say, when you consider that uh, AC Milan are top of the league and um, and um, Lille, I think they may yep. well even be heading the league at this minute yep. in, in France. Two very strong leagues, of course. And um, but take that aside, take that aside. Rangers have deserved what they've got there at this minute. Now, can can Celtic do it? There, there are moments in the game, Rob. I thought on Saturday that kind of the, that Celtic, you know, looked as if they, uh, you know, could could go and and uh, sweep the team away if that was the case, the way they played. And the minute they conceded a goal, that sort of that sort of brittleness. Uh, the vulnerability has, uh, came back, didn't I it? I think the vulnerability is absolutely uh, that has affected them all season. Looks as if it came back again, and then suddenly holding on for extra time towards uh, towards the end of ninety minutes. So at this minute, Rangers would be strong favourites to do so, rightly so as well too. Uh, and Celtic have just got to try and get a move on. They cannot drop points now at this minute, and whereas sometimes away from home. A draw would sound would seem oh okay that's half reasonable. It can't be on uh, on, on Celtic's behalf at all. Martin, it's Craig Moore here. How are you? Hello, Craig. How are you? Yeah. I was um, I was hoping never to talk to you again. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right, look, I, I really, I'll be honest. I ne- really used ne- to enjoy ne- our tussles. So never to talk to you again after two thousand and five. <laughs> never, 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 <laughs> ever again. No, so, loved our tussles and loved the the, the type of teams that, um, that that you presented in your time at, at Celtic, um, and and I thought look I thought it was important um, point that you raise in terms of I think with Rangers becoming uh, a, a stronger outfit and how that that is a big benefit for for Scottish football I believe in that strongly as well but when you when you look at the current Celtic team to the the squad that you had you know you had some really really big characters in your in your squads Martin and yeah when, when you look through the, the the Celtic team just now in terms of those characters and leaders do you think that they have that makeup to be able to get themselves back into this competition uh, right it's a very good point Craig. I, for, first of all it would be really unfair of me to make a a big assessment on those particular Celtic players. Sure. I do not know what goes on in the in in the dressing room. I I can sometimes try and form an opinion from from results and the way that those results have come about. You know what? So from that viewpoint, go back to our particular day uh, when two teams were in exceptionally strong, really exceptionally strong. I include I had. Uh, please, this is not patronising. I had utmost regard and respect for for your team. So so strong. And um, um, when when 
I think I might have mentioned to Rob off off camera um, that um, that uh, when when we were playing, sometimes that we would have the game on the Sunday and you would play on the Saturday. Yeah. And after training, I would drive around in a car around Glasgow just desperately hoping that you could drop points somewhere, you know, along the way. <laughs> yeah, and of course. I honestly never materialised, even when you're, even when there was about seven or eight minutes left and they say, and, and by the way, we'll just walk to, we'll go up to Pataudry now, we'll listen in here, and Rangers have just scored. And I thought, <laughs> I, yeah, this is just killer. So <laughs> we had to be on our metal for all, of the, you know, for the five years I was up there because yeah, your yeah. your team was so strong. Now, can I compare, contrast? I, I mean, I it's only my opinion. I think that uh, I think our side had, as, uh, as you've just mentioned, a big, lot big of big, big characters. Boys who would, uh, you know, sometimes you go into a dressing room and you would find uh, a, a, a few fighting with each other before yeah, yeah. they even stepped into it. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, me being uh, smaller than Bobo Baldy, I decided to... <laughs> I, I, I basically I decided to let him have his argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a smart decision. But, um, but getting, getting back to the, to, to the team, obviously the manager has, uh, has, um, has Brown there in the middle of the field. Yep. He's, he's, he's been good for him. He's been good for, for uh, all been, the managers been excellent, that he's worked yeah. with. He's been great, but he's 35 years of age. Maybe not being able to play every single week from here on in. But you, uh, you know, sometimes you would have to, you do have to wonder whether they have have that great mentality. But let's, here's the, here's the point about it, Craig. If you've been winning these competitions, uh, if if you've been winning, what you don't want to do is you do you, 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 the minute that competition's over, you can go and celebrate it for about a week or ten days, or take yourself off on a holiday. But the minute you come back, you've got to go again. Absolutely, yeah. go again. And perhaps there was a period there where I saw, I, and I, uh, I Neil Lennon's comments after a match or two, where where uh, he said that some of the players were looking to leave the football club at that time, and then you would have agents in on top of people, maybe telling the telling the players that they're absolutely brilliant and. Some, some. Listen, every, every, every single football club gets it, but it seems to be, it seems to be uh, uh, exaggerated greatly. Obviously, at clubs at Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So, from that viewpoint, have they got the have they got the mentality to do it? Uh, it's 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 a long way back at the moment. It's a long way back this particular season. Martin, if you're going back to those heady days when you were in charge and and you hoped that you would never ever have. Uh, Craig Moore crossing your path again. Barry Ferguson probably went into that category as well. And this was what he said uh, last night on the show about a certain incident in an old firm game. Here it comes. I came off, I was injured, and uh, I think Celtic scored and had an ice pack underneath my hamstring, and I just kind of <laughs> threw it in the direction of the, the Celtic yeah. dugout. <laughs> and it um, Yeah, I think that's I'm just finding out now. <laughs> <laughs> Did that ice pack hit you, Martin? Can you remember it? Well, well, well. First of all, I, I have to, I have to uh, chastise him. He didn't throw it in the direction of the dugout. He threw it at me. And, uh, <laughs> did he? Did he hit the target? Uh, of, of course, of course. And I'm delighted. I was absolutely delighted because it cooled me down a little bit. You know. And, uh, did you want the gin so, and tonic and yeah, lemon yeah. to go with it? Fergus, uh, Fergus, and what? Listen, uh, you know, I mentioned talking about regard and. Um, respect for that team but Ferguson to me was what I suppose Neil Lennon was at our side Lennon to yeah. Celtic and Ferguson such a young man at the time too 
with players like Craig and uh, Amaruso, all those particular players there. But I honestly believe that they they felt that 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 uh, that Ferguson could teach him the Rangers way. You know what? I'm listen. I, yeah. I'm quite sure Craig can look after himself, as his record in World Cups have proved. But even so, for Ferguson for being so young, so that sort of driving force that that uh, Rangers possessed there. I, I I felt that um, he was the he was to Rangers what uh, Lennon was as a player to to Celtic. On finding out that uh, that you were coming on the show, a few uh, of our listeners have been just firing in some questions and thoughts to to just throw at you, maybe in a quick fire answer type way, Martin. And, uh, I, sorry, Rob. So what you, so what you're trying to tell me <laughs> is that my answers are never quick fire. Well, I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I'm trying to approach it in a Listen, subtle uh, capacity, you, but. Is, is, is is Craig on this program at all or not? Is he going to speak to me? I am. He, he, did, Martin, he did there. Martin, he it was did. interesting because you said earlier. I know you did. After two thousand and five, you didn't want to him. see Craig Moore again. <laughs> I actually played in helicopter Sunday in two thousand and five, and I was thinking you might have said that to me as well. You didn't want to see me again because that was the I, that was the last day of the season, wasn't it? I, I listen. I'm going to just give me two minutes before before Rob talks about my quick fire answers. That game will go down in my memory as my absolute nemesis, believe it or not, because we, first of all, uh, uh, Stephen, you should have had a man sent off. You should have had a man, because uh, uh, after about 20, 20, 25 minutes in the game over in the far side, he should have been sent off the pitch. Uh, hopefully it wasn't you, but um, uh, but you should have had a man. And of course, the referee was, uh, was um, uh, Mr. Dallas. At the time, Hugh, Hugh was referee, and then Hugh was obviously uh, reminding himself of some incidents away back that took part between, uh, uh, you know, at, at Celtic where he'd been hurt. So I think he's, uh, he decided that he'll uh, give the benefit of the doubt to the Motherwell player. And uh, and then Gordon and, Marshall, well, I think at 40 years of age, an ex-Celtic goalkeeper was making saves Marshall, left, right and centre. Ma- ma- I'm, not, I'm not joking you. Marshall, Marshall, if... Marshall, that particular day, would have won the World Cup for you, never mind anything else. <laughs> he would have won the World Cup. And, um, and honestly, and then Moore's team, they get, they get a goal over at, uh, they get the goal over at Hibernian. And, um, and Hibs decide to play out the last 20 minutes in a draw because that, or sorry, to 1-0 defeat because that was good enough for them to get into Europe. And listen, I can't blame anybody else. I blame ourselves. We had great, great chances. Marshall was brilliant. And uh, absolutely, Stephen, do you know what it was? I I I I'll never get over it. I'll never get over it. As you as as you can tell. Yeah, exactly. Now this is the quick fire section. I'm not convinced at all it's going to go well, but we're going to give it a go anyway. Uh, Robert McBain has been in touch uh, to say, "Ask Martin who are the basement dwellers." He was talking about on Sunday. Okay. Well, I listen. I did mention the UK. So and I do. <laughs> I haven't seen. I, I I haven't seen enough. But there there are. Uh, there are a couple. There, there are a couple of south of the border that uh, that possibly uh, living I, in the I top sport sort of area, maybe. I, I, there are a number of south of the border, and <laughs> and you are not. McLean, you're not paying me money to get this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we like that can I maybe shall, be arranged. I, 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 shall, I shall tell them in due course. Yes. I'd, I'd rather I, tell them to their face first. I, absolutely. Ryan and Jay have both asked this, a similar sort of question in that if, you, if you'd had the chance at Celtic and the money at Celtic to sign one player that you didn't have, who would that have been? Um, uh, oh, gosh. That, oh, I, I really would need to... Uh, if you had to sign some player, do you mean to sign someone that could be within your sort of budget or to sign someone right outside that? You know? Who was signing the checks in those days? 
it, it doesn't really matter because obviously you would want to you'd want to uh, um, uh, sign just uh, some unbelievable quality player. I mean, you know, Messi at, my, at that time was actually just only a kid playing for Barcelona, so uh, that would have been hard to to. Uh, I, I, please, I must. I really yeah, well, do, Rob. You must. You I must ask me on again yeah. in the next ten years so uh, I can get. I, I, <laughs> absolutely. I think. I think we need to have you on for the full two hours of the show. To be honest, uh, to have any hope of getting these questions answered, uh, James Mayon is is asking uh, how much influence has family had on career decisions. Um, uh, do you know what? Actually, very, very, very little. I didn't nearly say that very little, except that. Um, I hope Geraldine's not listening to this. I, I, I couldn't care less. And, um, <laughs> really couldn't care less. No, had to follow me. That's the whole, that was the you whole must be point. in a soundproof so, room to be brave enough to say that. <laughs> I, Rob, I absolutely not. I bet she's outside the door listening. And I couldn't care less. <laughs> One final question to you before you go then. Um, do Celtic have the mentality, do you think, to come back at Rangers and get themselves into a challenging position for 10 in a row? Okay, right. I, I genuinely, and, and as I said to you, I don't want to be the apologist, but I know the character. I think that I think the manager's definitely got that. Can he convey that message to the players? Of course he can. Can the players take it in? Have they got the mentality to do it? Uh, um, right. At least they've got they've got that Scottish Cup out of the way. They finally they they got they got over the line when they were coasting after after 45 minutes. So that that should actually be a boost that they can take, either knowing that they've walked away from Hamden or, or travelled back in the bus to Celtic Park with the cup. Have they got it? This will be a fantastic achievement now that uh, during the um, during that lull that Celtic have had, that Rangers have been able to to skate away at this minute. It, it is it is a, a big big battle. It can it can be it can be overhauled, but it would it would take some doing to do so. Martin, great to talk to you. Uh, and as you Rob. said, and, and as you said, we will uh, certainly have you have you back on any old time uh, because it's been great to to talk football with you. Um, so I think we'll make a date uh, shortly to to get you back on the show if that suits. Well, uh, Rob, thank you very much, and uh, and tell Craig that I obviously do do not never want to see him, and that obviously goes for Craig and his Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think I think I think when you're back on the show, we'll get another couple of pundits no, that you can uh, no. happily spend your time with. Absolutely. Okay, listen, thanks very much for asking me. All the best. Cheers, Mark. And happy Christmas. The Bull Radio Football Show. Well, I think it's fair to say Martin O'Neill was a complete riot uh, before the break there. Some terrific stuff from him and some great entertainment as well, Craig. And uh, I think he would prefer if you two weren't on the show by the sounds of it. (laughs) Ah, look, he's a great storyteller. Um, You know, Wonderful person in terms of his involvement in football and what he achieved at Celtic football, what he's achieved in his career. And I thought it was great. I love listening to his stories, uh, a bit of humour. Um, like I said, I think my question was that he played with a, with a serious team with some huge characters. So I was interested to hear his feedback on that to today's Celtic squad as well. So big games uh, coming our way in 24 hours time. Full Premiership programme tomorrow night, including uh, St Johnston against Rangers in Perth. And uh, let's hear from uh, Borna Barisic. Next games, of course, we always expect to win. There is no talk about that. Uh, we know that this game against St Johnston will be tough, you know, especially when we play away. Now the weather is not good anymore, so pitch will not be perfect probably. So the game will be hard for sure, 
But as I said, we are going to win there. We will give everything what we need to, to win that game. Our Rangers about to embark on another unbeaten run, having lost, of course, in Paisley against St Mirren in the League Cup. They've got another visit to Paisley coming up very, very soon for them. But first stop, Perth, Craig, tomorrow night. Had to laugh there when he was talking about the weather's getting bad now. It's going to be bad for the next few months. But uh, yeah, now look, it's a, again, every game is a big test for, for Rangers. Um, you know, you need to start the game well. You need to be focused um, and you need to make sure that you actually don't give any encouragement to your to your opponent. So away from home, it always provides that that challenge. Look, St Johnston, um, you know, probably have dipped recently and will be looking to, to try try to get back to winning ways. Um, Rangers, if they're they're on their game, should be too strong. But anything can happen in a game of football. And Ryan Jack, Gary McAllister, what about him? A couple of good days on the grass. He's back, and we're pretty hopeful that he could be in and around the squad for Boxing Day and Hibs. So that's a big boost going into this busy schedule. That is a lift that Rangers probably don't need at the moment. They have got so many midfield players, but Ryan Jack is obviously going to be crucial to them. That that that's a a real lift, isn't it? Well, it's just to give him some more strength and depth where he can pull players out and rest players. And every team he picks, Stephen Gerrard, he wants to try and make sure there's enough energy, there's enough freshness in that squad to go and win the game. And it was interesting just listening to Borna Barasic. You know, he understands the challenges now in Scottish football of going away from home when the weather's not good and the pitches are heavy. Whereas when he came in, what, 18 months, two years ago, he probably wasn't used to that. He wasn't used to going away from home and teams being compact and you're trying to frustrate Rangers and things weren't always going to be perfect for them. So that just shows the levels have gone to now that he's used to it. They've all adapted uh, and they know what to expect tomorrow night. And Rangers aren't thinking uh, these days about how it all came undone uh, last time around. We don't. There's games every three, four days, so you don't have really time to think about it. But yes, last season that's happened to us and we are now in a very positive uh, way when we talk about league. We don't think about that and think only about next game and that's how we're going to play until the end of the season. For Borna Barasic, Craig, it's all about the power of positive thinking. Yeah, so and look, and he's touched, so sometimes it's actually great not not to think. And when you when you hit a schedule like this where you're playing games every three to, three to four days, um, f- for players... They would much rather play football matches than, than than do the training. So this this will this will pass very very quickly. Um, it's a tough schedule, but the players will absolutely love this scenario what they're going into because they're playing football matches. Mm. Competitive squad, um, you know that that energy and that freshness that stays there when you win in football matches, Rob. And that's so important. You know, you look at even the game against Motherwell, for example. For so much they put into the game. All of a sudden, when that, that equaliser went in, all of a sudden now I feel tired and mentally you start thinking differently. Winning football matches gives you energy and players love playing football matches rather than being on the training field. Yeah. Let's get Brian into the conversation as well. Brian, a, a Rangers fan. Hi, Brian. Hi, everyone. How are you? Pleasure to be on, especially the guys like Craig Moore. <laughs> exactly. He was, he, was, he was reckoning, he was trying to work out that, that pub you run in Huddingston. He was trying to work out whether he might know it or not. Uh, yes, it used to be called called uh, the Royal, 
the Royal many moons ago, and I believe uh, Charlie Miller uh, celebrated nine in a row in there. He was telling me. So no, <laughs> one, one of the pubs. <laughs> one of many pubs you probably I, celebrated I, I, in. I'm just wondering if his uh, if his recall for uh, hostelries might be better than his recall for Scottish <laughs> Cup wins, because when I asked him the other day, he reckoned he'd won two Scottish Cups, and I had to tell him it was four. Uh, so obviously the celebrations on a couple of those occasions were Good probably times. probably probably too much. But but when it comes to pubs, you've got a much better grasp on, on what, what's what's going on. What would you like to say, Brian, about about the current Rangers uh, that win at the weekend? Of course, the sixteen point lead. Yes, uh, I mean it's absolutely flying just now. It's, it's great to see, and, and a lot of people are saying are Celtic good enough to catch Rangers? But I know it's an old cliche, but this is Rangers' league to lose without a doubt. You know they can only lose it. What a run it's been! One sixteen, drawing twice. I think it's twenty-seven points at home, twenty-three away, and during that we've scored fifty goals with only five against. So it's only theirs to throw away. I mean, I know we had the, the little blip there recently uh, against St Mirren when I thought we were dead certs for going to get the treble. Uh, and that, we've had this blip when about this time at, uh, you know, the past few seasons. And uh, we were blaming Dubai. I thought Rangers had sneaked away to Dubai, not told them they, <laughs> <laughs> when that blip came up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but then we, we came back with that fantastic win against Motherwell. Motherwell had 11 men behind the ball, so it made it even... More a special win, you know. So without a doubt, it's 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 only our league to lose. I don't know what the guys think about that. Do, do you think it's done and dusted, Brian? Uh, no, you can never say never. You know, look at past season with you know Martin spoke about the helicopter Sunday and stuff like that. So it can always go to the wire. Uh, so it's definitely not done and dusted. We've, we've just got to keep playing well. Yeah, I think you're right there, Brian. Like, I mean, for me, like the, the nerves must still be there for for a lot of people because we know that the trophies aren't handed out. Um, you know, come come New Year, so there's there's still work to be done, but certainly the position that that, that Rangers are in, uh, and as you touched on, it would, um, you know, it would be considered to to be a bit of a meltdown if come the end of the season uh, they hadn't won the title. But I I can understand, and I don't know how you feel. You know that that nervousness is that there with you as well? Oh yes, it certainly is. You know, especially with the last few seasons, the way it sort of collapsed after after the Christmas uh, break. But we've obviously changed things from that. And in my opinion, I think the only thing that can really stop is, is injuries. You know, if we keep a full squad, I think we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep winning and keep momentum going. When you look at guys like Ryan Jack, you know, in, in, the, in the 13 games he's featured for Rangers, we've, we've not conceded a goal. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and we've only we've, we've kept one clean sheet in the five games he's he's missed, you know. Uh, so guys like that are crucial crucial to the squad. And another so thing we've been speaking about, Brian, is is the fact that the the goals are coming from uh, right around the team. I mean, if if you'd said at the start of the season that by this stage Alfredo Morelos w- would have only found the net seven times, you think, oh right, Rangers could be in trouble. Far from it, obviously, because as Gary McAllister said today, let's listen to him. The goals are coming from right across the team. There has been a nice spread of goals throughout the team, and that's a good thing. Competition for places is fierce, you know, especially in the in the front areas of the pitch. But it is pleasing that goals are they're being spread right right through the team. We look dangerous going into the final third many different ways rather than maybe just being one-dimensional. It seems as if Gary McAllister and Stephen Gerrard, Brian, can just do as ever they please this season in terms of taking players out, putting players in, and the changes just seem to take effect seamlessly. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, what what position they're in? They're, you know, sometimes the the bench is, is just as strong as the as the team that's on the park. You know, the bench could beat most most Premier teams. Yep. So it's a fantastic position for them to be in. And you were speaking about Medellos there. You know, we would have been worried if if we'd thought that that's all he's going to score uh, this season. But his new role is is really working for us. You know, and it showed against uh, St Mirren and against Motherwell. And that type of game, he would be. You know, playing in the little pockets and drawing players out and creating space for other players to go into, and, and it was shown. It was it was missed until obviously the last twenty minutes or so against against Motherwell. Uh, so it's a fantastic new role. I don't think it, he's happy with it, Morelos because he, he's faces tripping him. He wants to be scoring, but yeah. the new role's working for us. It, it's like a lot of things, isn't it? You you don't notice it so much until it's missing. Uh, and when he's been out of the side, Crags, um, you know, you, you can see how much Rangers on the attack revolve around what he's doing. Well, I think what he does, you know, Brian touched on it there, he attracts players to him. He attracts opposition players to him because they want to get tight, they want to make fouls. And that then frees up the space what Craig, you were talking about earlier, for Scott Arfield to go in behind, for Ryan Kent to come off a side, for Kamar Roof to come off a side yeah. and create that space. So I think when he doesn't play, it's a different dynamic because Jermaine Defoe is such a penalty box player but mm-hmm. if it's so congested and so compact there's not a lot of space for him to play whereas yeah. Alfredo Morelos almost barges his way into space doesn't he? But I just think the Muddle game at the weekend was big for them because you know it was two psychological hurdles they got over bouncing back after a defeat against St Mirren but also you know what we've spoken about going behind and breaking down a compact yeah. defence and I think that gives players belief a wee bit more belief a wee bit more confidence you know, when you look at the next three games, Rangers are away to St Johnson, home to Hibs, away to St Mirren before they face Celtic. And if they could arrive at Celtic unscathed from where they are at this moment in time, if Celtic drops something, Rangers have to capitalise. But if they can remain unscathed over the next three or four games, then they'll be delighted the position they're in to really kick on in the second half of the season. That uh, old firm game is, is only 11 days away. It's quite <clears throat> incredible. And Craig, no margin for error for Celtic, is there? No, uh, uh, well, definitely not for for Celtic. Um, there'd be huge concerns if anything was uh, to to drop between um, now and the old firm game. And if Rangers did, you know, as Craig's touched on, come through unscathed, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a massive game. But look, at the same time, Rangers need to get through that period. They are they are tough games. Um, going into that game, I know we talk about normally old firm games aren't really the. Um, the deciding factor in, in in a season, but I tell you what, this one potentially looks as if um, it it can be, you know, because at that stage, if 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 Rangers come through unscathed and go into that old firm game on, on January the second and win that match, it yeah, could, the swing could be the, huge. It, it could the be swing too, could be huge because cracks. you could almost knock Celtic off the perch, yeah. and it could really catapult Ooh. Rangers forward, be that catalyst to really go and stretch it. If they come out as a draw, then I think Rangers will be still the happy of the two teams because Celtic haven't gained on them. Yep, it's a hectic schedule. It always is. And Brian, let's hear what Borna Barisic had to say about that today. The schedule is a little bit crazy. Eh? <laughs> play every three, four days, but as I said. We played that since I think September. So of course that sometimes it's hard. It's hard to recover when I'm playing three, four months in a row like that. But that's why we play in Rangers. That's why we present this club. And uh, there is no t- time to thinking about uh, schedule. We think only about next game and have to recover to the next game. And believe me, we are fully focused. So. We will not have problem with that schedule. He's been well-schooled, hasn't he? And the right things to say uh, by, his, by the management team there. What are you thinking then, Brian, finally, uh, about tomorrow night in Perth? 
yes, uh, like Craig had said, it's, it's an extremely important game. Uh, you know, a, a slip up really, really ruins the momentum and uh, gives Celtic hope going into the, the old firm. So it's it's very, very crucial to us. But I think we'll go on and we'll, we'll do it. Good to hear from you, Brian, and have a good Christmas when it comes. Thanks, guys. Thanks Cheers, a lot. Brian. All the uh, best. That's Brian. Cheers. And that whole story in Addington is just coming back to Craig Moore. I think he's having a little, a little moment here. He just uh, glazed over I for a split the second the there. He knows his, his pubs. And we know our football chat and more coming next. The Bull Radio Football Show. We're 24 hours away from six Premiership games tomorrow night. It's Celtic and Ross County. John Hughes in charge for the first time for the Dingwall team. Hamilton, Livingston, Hibs, St Mirren, St Johnston Rangers. It's Motherwell against Aberdeen. Dundee United against Kilmarnock. So quite incredible that uh, yesterday in the course of uh, the day we had uh, two Premiership teams taking on new managers. One, of course, who was uh, not quite new. I don't think he qualifies as new, David Martindale. He's been around for a long, long time, but he's uh, inevitably Craig's uh, been pushed up to that main post and some would say he's been doing that job for a long time anyway. Yeah, I think he's been manager in all but name, hasn't he? You know, he's worked very close with, with David Hopkins, with Kenny Miller and with Gary Holt. Uh, he was always very vocal in the sidelines, but the fact that he's took over the team himself and won four games in a row, yeah. they're into the uh, the League Cup semi-finals, they're pushing well up the league. It made sense for her to give Davy Martindale the job. He will just hope that the... <laughs> That doesn't strike tomorrow getting the new job yeah. when, he, when they're away to Hamilton Ackies in a game they will look at and think on current form they're playing well they've got a really good chance of winning but I just like the fact that, that Davey has really earned his opportunity you know he's been very open over the past couple of weeks about his past and what's going on you know how he's rehabilitated himself how he's worked very hard in this game how he was a volunteer and I think it's a great story just to right. show that not the great story from the start but the great story that to show that people can change and mm. people need a second chance. They need an opportunity, but you've got to work at it. You've got to convince people. He said he let people down. He just wanted to repay the faith of his family, which I think was great. So to hear him standing, talking passionately about his job and managing in the Scottish Premiership should give all young managers or any people around who have got problems and had problems in the past, you can rehabilitate yourself and you can move forward. So listen, fair play to him. Delighted for him. He just announced uh, confirmed Liam Fox as his assistant manager. Uh, but it is a great story, Craig, of recovery and redemption, isn't it? We, no, nobody would be condoning what, what what happened in the past, and he would be the, the first to say that himself, or the, well, he the things he was guilty of. But but everyone deserves the chance to bounce back. Ah, everyone des- deserves a, a second chance. Um, you know, you put in the you put in the hard yards. We we all make mistakes. Um, so yeah, no, look, it's a great opportunity. He's been very influential at the football club, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also to to come in and uh, you know have four uh, four results go in your favour, and all of a sudden you know we were talking about Livingston, we're, we're down there, and and you know those those victories turn things around very very quickly. So it obviously it makes a lot of sense, and certainly wish him uh, all the very best. I've never I've never met David, but I've I've seen a couple of interviews and, and heard bits and pieces, mm-hmm. and it seems like a. Um, you know, quite a, a decent fella and great opportunity at Livingston who, like I says, he knows a lot about the football club. A nice gentle start for John Hughes in the Ross County job, a trip to Celtic Park um, tomorrow night, but uh, nothing tends to daunt John too much. No, it doesn't, but I think first and foremost, you know, just to say that Stuart Kettlewell, I'm gutted for him, but yeah. he's a, I'm, I'm working on their TV channel this season and a really decent guy yeah. who, and I think it spoke volumes for him that the minute he found out he had lost his job, he was quite happy to go and front up, tell 
I think it was the BBC yeah. spoke to, told him what happened, you know, he explained the situation. Which was typical of him, yeah. Yeah, which just shows the man that he is, Rob. So, But every time, you know, a door closes, it opens up for someone else. And John Hughes, I think, has been out of the game for far too long. You know, I think it was around about three years. We've had him on the programme. And when he talks about football, he talks about, you know, just winning games and being involved in games. His passion shines through. And even when he's on the radio talking to us, you're kind of moving about you you know, you know, feel it from him and he'll be desperate to get back in he's a big character he's a bubbly character and I think what may have helped with Roy McGregor he's been there before in that part of the world he knows what it takes to live up there he knows what it takes to travel up and down that A9 when results are good or results aren't good you've got to change it all so you know time will tell whether he's the right man it was interesting listening to him yesterday he said I just want to simplify it for the players I don't want to give information overload because you can imagine being out of the game for three years mm. you've got so many things in your mind you just want to say the players but he's probably had the Bring himself Still in a little in. bit yeah, just yeah. to make sure yeah. he gets message across. But you're right, you know, it, c- it couldn't have been a tougher start than going to Celtic Park. But, some, but you're correct. Something as simple as, like, not so much the overload of information because you definitely make it simple. But that, that you know, the way that, that Yogi is, you know, he's, he's got that bubbly personality. He's, he, he's able to motivate mm. uh, without having to go into to too much detail, much sort of stuff. And, I'm not saying that this is going to be a game that, that Celtic will um, will struggle with. You know, being at home, you would expect Celtic to to win this football match. But we all know the the you know the potential banana skin when you come up against a, a team that's just sacked a coach, and all of a sudden a new coach comes in. There there is a lift because you know, as Kettlewell said, un- unfortunately the club needed somebody else that could get a different tune from the players. Yeah. Can they, can they defend against Celtic and can they have a, a cutting edge against Celtic when the opportunity uh, rears its head, if indeed it does for them at Celtic Park tomorrow night. But on the other side of that coin, of course, Neil Lennon would love his team to get back to clean sheets. Basically, since the first international break, we haven't really had consistency in, in keeping clean sheets. So, you know, I haven't had the personnel consistently available to play them. So, yeah, it's it can be down to individual errors and it can also be collective so you know we can't just sort of point the finger at, at one sort of aspect at one individual we have to you know be better collectively particularly at set places you know far too many goals for our lake in you know conceded from set players when we have plenty of hate plenty of physicality to deal with that in a sense you didn't really want to think about it or talk about it too much on Sunday such was the scale of the achievement yeah, yeah. of winning those 12 trophies in yeah. the trot but there's no doubt that Celtic fans are thinking at the moment what comes next and yeah. and it, is that vulnerability w- which was shown on Sunday is there just no getting rid of that yeah by getting clean sheets it's yeah it's, it's yeah, yeah. But it's how do you only, get clean yeah, sheets it's, it's the only way and again i mean i know it sounds boring but it, it's hard work it, it's focus it's 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 being concentrated i mean domestically we, we touched on the goals that they, they lost even in the cup final you know balls into the box that normally the the central defenders and the heightened presence that they have can they can they do better we've so you've seen a lot of goals conceded like that for celtic and then on the european front you've seen a lot of transitional goals uh, yeah. you know so and again so that's that's team structure. That's having people and leadership in the right areas to make sure that you're set up properly, Rob. Um, so it, it comes from within, and the only way that it improves is step by step working on it and actually then putting it to practice in a football match and, and getting that clean sheet and then looking to build. So they need to improve in that, in that area if they want to seriously challenge this season. But that's the individual responsibility. You know, as a central defender, you've got to be sending people around about you. You either stop the cross... Or we have to defend it. You know, I've spoke before about goalkeepers' job becoming easy because they tell the defenders what to do. 
and defenders should be telling full back our centre half should be telling full backs and midfield players they should be in the rear of the full game and the midfield players should be talking to the forwards because everybody wants their job to be easier and the only way your job becomes easier is by communicating with people putting yourself in good positions and taking responsibility when the ball comes into your area every time the ball comes into the Celtic box it's almost as if they're looking around thinking Who's going to go and head this? Mm. Who's going to go and make contact? And then they leave it for each other. They get caught in between. I mean, even the Liam Boyce goal, the first one on Sunday, he manages to find space in between two Celtic centre-halves yeah. in the six-yard box. Yeah, and it wasn't an undefendable cross no, it wasn't. either, was it? And if you're going to leave those kind of spaces to people, then you're going to get punished. So that's something they really have to go into. And listen, you can work on it, you can work on it, and training's fine. But when the moments arrive in the game, you have to put your trust in your players that they will go and head the ball. They will open their shoulders so they can see people behind them. They're not squared off and they can't get up and they're getting done over the top of their head. So that comes down to individuals. And until that changes, then Celtic will continue to concede goals from set plays. The transfer window isn't far around the corner and that could bring change for Celtic. It could bring a bit of improvement. But Craig, they have to get there first. They have to get there and still be in touch with Rangers. That that could have an influence on attracting people to come to Celtic. Ah, look, Celtic are a massive football club. They'll be able to attract top players to, to, to come and play for the football club. I don't have any any doubts there. Um, look, it's important, obviously, on the back of the success um, over the weekend that they can look to, to try and build on that. Interesting to know what, business potentially Celtic might do you know we've spoken about the goalkeeper yeah. situation have you got one in mind well I mean I don't, I don't really like to make recommendations to Celtic but however Matty yeah, Ryan uh, news has broken over the last couple of days back in Australia that uh, Brighton have kind of said well we understand that Matty Ryan might be looking um, to potentially find football elsewhere which I, I found very strange considering he's played quite a lot this season so I don't know the live update with, with, with Matty Ryan whether or not he's the type of goalkeeper, you know, he took Forster, obviously a bigger frame and that physicality and all that. Whereas Matty Ryan, is a, he's a shot stopper. He's that sweeper keeper kind of thing. He's great with his feet, but he's a top level goalkeeper. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting because the last three transfer windows, Celtic have spent 30 million plus. So I can't imagine them ruling out more. You know, there's more money. There's more money. At what stage... Do you work with what you have? But well, it is the season of seasons, isn't it? Well, again, you know, you said it yourself. I would imagine any any business they're going to do will be done after the 2nd of January. That's when they will know if they're really in a title race or whether it's just a case of hoping that Rangers really you know, fall off the wagon with regards to performances. Because mm. if Rangers win that game in the 2nd of January, I don't imagine Celtic will go and spend money to try and bring in players to potentially just finish second. Is Fraser Forster still a possibility, do you think, Craggs, for Celtic to come back? Do you know what? When you spend five million pounds on a goalkeeper, you've got Scott Bain, you've got Connor Hazard, four top goalkeepers, four players, four goalkeepers who would want to be first choice. That's a lot of money to have tied up in one position. But again, if they are within the title race and they think they're closing the gap or they have closed the gap, they win at Ibrox in the second of January, and Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond think that's what we need. We need a goalkeeper really to shut up shop. Then absolutely they'll do it. But everything you know, I think you touched on it will determine on how that result goes. I wonder, will Rangers be involved in any transfer business? Uh, they certainly won't be wanting to lose anyone during that transfer window. Will they be adding to the squad all going well for Rangers? And they have that top mentality as well, which means this season that even when they go a goal behind, they can still come back. Borna Barisic. Uh, I think that we showed character because usually, I remember last season also and season before when we are, for example, 1-0 down, we always struggle to come back 
start to panic maybe and we couldn't come back but this time we believed in each other on the pitch didn't panic at the end i think that we deserved that win and you see we scored even three goals i think that we showed the team spirit and a very different character from uh, from last season or season four craig moore it's a powerful message that isn't it it's like I said, it's it's amazing for the state of mind, um, how good you feel when you're winning football matches. Like I says, when you go through a bit of a tough time, you know, training's a little bit hard, or you're not getting results, and you feel tired, and you're looking for excuses. At the moment, there's no excuses there. They're just going. The show must go on. They know that they're going to go out. They know they're going to be challenged. And at the moment, they seem to be rising every time. So Rangers to win in Perth tomorrow night for you. I think, it'll, I think it'll be a tough match, but I do think Rangers will get a result, yeah. Crags? I don't imagine it's going to be pretty. I think they're going to have to, you know, battle and scrap and fight. But if you want to win a title, you've got to show different characteristics. And I think going to Perth on a Wednesday night in late December, you've got to show lots of character, what he's talking about. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go and turn out another victory. And Celtic to win against Ross County tomorrow? Yeah, just because they're in such a good place and Ross County are a little bit of transition. Uh, Celtic are feeling good about themselves after the weekend. They will now know the importance of putting the run of league wins together starting tomorrow night. Craig? Must win for Celtic and I, I do believe that they'll go out and get the result. Any surprises on the card uh, for you tomorrow night, Craig's looking at those, looking at some of the other games? Yeah, maybe Aberdeen to beat Motherwell would be, would be a huge surprise, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're working on that one. He uh, said with no trace yeah. of bias <laughs> whatsoever. And on that note, uh, we're going to wind it up for this uh, Go Radio Football Show. Thanks to Craig and thanks to Craig's as well for the last couple of hours. Thanks to Martin O'Neill for joining us. That was fun. That was entertaining. And it was also enlightening. We will be back uh, tomorrow between five and seven. Looking ahead to all those games, of course, uh, getting close to kick off when we kick off at uh, five o'clock. It's going to be Paul Cooney, Davy Proven and Leanne Crichton in the studio for that one. I hope you're with us. Join us at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk